And welcome to this edition of the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast, episode number 70. And we are all shocked, I guess. Are we? That's the real question. Um, Giants lost 26-7 to the Arizona Cardinals. Basic thoughts before we go into the positives, negatives, points to make, analytics, and sense of reality. I mean, basic thoughts here. The offense has been doing what it's been doing for the last couple of weeks. When the run game doesn't work, they can't find it in the pass game. That's if Daniel Jones is healthy, if Daniel Jones is not healthy. And there's blame to go around for that. There is, and a lot of people are making unreasonable takes. But I'm going to break down what I think based on other things. And, you know, I watched the offensive line report from Bobby Skinner from Talking Giants, so I kind of know what I'm talking about if I ever get into that. But, uh, not a pretty loss. Not a competitive loss. Not the Rams game. Not the Cowboys game. Not the Eagles game. Not the Bucks game. More like the 49ers game. And, you know, yes, it's 19 points. It's not necessarily what we got beat the last time by the 49ers. But this reminded me of a couple of games. This reminded me of the Titans game. Because there was a lot of lost energy going out rest of the season you know nobody played for anything or if they did you know they all lost rest of the season was lost in 2018 uh obviously last year against Arizona gave up eight sacks Chandler Jones leading the pile on that one but Hassan Riddick got five sacks which was unacceptable because you know Hassan Riddick's not that good he's not Chandler Jones and also the Washington game from 2018 the first time we played him gave up seven sacks so This team has obviously had a bump in the road. And we're going to go through it right now. So, if there is any positives, let's take it away right now. Jabril Peppers and Dalvin Thomas are one of the few players that showed up. James Bradbury did the best he could. It was a lot of zone. And DeAndre Hopkins actually got 136 yards on 9 receptions. So, um, there was a lot of zone there. I wish they would have gotten to Kyler better. But, again, the defense did the best they could. I mean, 26 points to an offense that was... I think averaging about 24 or 26 maybe. Uh, Not that bad, but I still would have liked to see a little bit more pressure on Kyler. They let him out of the pocket a lot. I think they were too aggressive with the quarterback spy because there was one play where Jabal Peppers went in like he was blitzing late, and Jabal Shear didn't keep contained. So what happened was circled around him, got a first down. And, you know, we faced Lamar in two weeks, so get ready for that. And... Both teams that we face in, you know, a week and two weeks. The Ravens and the Browns, you know, they played last night. So, um, it's not going to be an easy match in the next two weeks. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, the Giants are going to get crushed. I mean, that's always the narrative out there. But at the same time, you know, we've been competitive against teams like that. After the 49ers game, we got crushed. We competed against the Rams. We didn't score any touchdowns, though. So, that's something the Giants will have to work on. And, obviously, the full preview is coming on Friday. So... Let's go to the negatives. Daniel Jones looked super uncomfortable. Why? I don't think he's 100%, and that's just my thoughts. That's not, you know, I'm not putting a fact out there because a lot of people are trying to fact-check people and say, you know what, uh, if Daniel Jones said that he was healthy, if Joe Judge and Jason Garrett and all those people said that he was healthy, he wasn't 100%. And I said on Chris the Entertainer's stream on Saturday night, do not expect him to run. He didn't run. And the times I think he would have ran would have caused less sacks. I think two of those sacks, based on film watching, were on Daniel Jones. One of them, 
uh, he had four seconds to throw, and the other, I forget what he uh, he screwed up on, but one of them he had four seconds to throw, and he had Ingram open on a crossing route, and, you know, um, he wasn't comfortable. I think on that play, if he his hamstring wasn't bothering him, he would have thrown it, but um, got to stop living in the past, got to stop thinking what the other side, what happened, you know, got to stop talking about the what-ifs, got to talk about what actually happened. The O-line played like shit so bad that Colt McCoy couldn't survive. You know, give two sacks when Colt McCoy was there. Gave up six when Daniel Jones was there. And, you know, the best you could ask for is like, hey, listen, guys, you know, I know my pocket awareness will be bad. Um, could you guys protect me today? They didn't. Take away those two sacks, they would have given up six to Arizona. And I'm talking about those two sacks that were on Daniel Jones. Couldn't protect them. And I said it's a bump at the road. Doesn't mean it is an excuse. Because Andrew Thomas gave up two sacks. Shane Lemieux gave up one. Kevin Zeitler, I believe, gave up two or one or maybe one of them. Uh, Nick Gates, he didn't give up a sack, but he had a snap infraction penalty. Um, Cameron Fleming gave up one. Matt Parrott gave up one. And as I mentioned, Zeitler gave up one. They said one was on Gallman, which didn't make much sense because looking at the play, and that was the first play, you know, Marcus Golden strip sack. Uh, the tight ends, I think, should have did, you know, they should have covered him on the right side because you had the offensive line, you had three tight ends. Ingram was going out for routes. So it was on Caden Smith and Levine Toilolo. But I just, you know, you're in a max protection. You got how many guys? And Marcus Golden's just coming on block to your quarterback. Force fumble. Goes the other way. So, not good there. And I don't understand, like, who didn't see that? It just doesn't make sense to me. You know, you got Toy Lolo and Smith. One of them can branch out and try to get Golden, try to chip him. It just doesn't make a lot of sense, in my opinion. Again, couldn't make sense for others. I don't know why it would. And now to count for the sacks, uh, Hassan Redek 5, Golden 1, Dennis Gardek 2. And from what I saw... The offensive line didn't know how to pull stunts. They didn't know how to control it. The right side and the left side. So that's something the offensive line is going to work on or have to. Because we face Miles Garrett and Sheldon Richardson next week. So how are we going to defeat them if we can't defeat the Cardinals who don't have a lot of you know key guys? I mean, Hassan Riddick, he got his fifth year option declined. Probably because he wasn't that good in his first couple of years. He's probably going to get a contract extension now. Again, I have to talk to Cardinals fans, but that's like, you know, that's something I gotta see. Um, let's see, what else? One sack, Dalvin Tomlinson. He got to him. And there were a couple times where he threw the ball away, meaning Kyler Murray, but um, that one play in the end zone with Logan Ryan and all the safeties back, I don't know how they didn't cover him. And the reception would have been in a what-if situation very good and very bad in two different cases. Because you obviously had the touchdown. What if Logan Ryan and the other safeties covered Dan Arnold? It would have been, oh my god, why is uh, Kyler Murray throwing it to the back of the end zone? Why doesn't he just throw it away? He costs another game, blah, 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 blah. Because he was being pressured, just airs it up, touchdown. I mean, it seemed like such an easy throw because the defense in the back end didn't cover it well. But I think the defense, you know, I'm not going to critique them too much because they did the best they could. I just think that they should have knocked down Kyler a little more because the spies were being too aggressive and he was running out of the pocket 
he had uh, 30-something rushing yards on like 13 attempts or something like that. Uh, let's see. He had... He had 13... He had 13 attempts, 47 rushing yards. So that's, what, three yards per carry? But necessarily, you know, they cost for first downs. You can't just say, oh, well, you know, it was only 47 yards. But they were they extended the drive there. Time of possession was horrendous. Horrendous. We talk about the past couple of weeks. Giants, you know, they're running the football. They're, you know, doing some short passes, doing this, doing that. The defense, you know, doing a good job. About time of possession, too. And the Giants didn't do that. You know, Let's see. Let's look at the time of possession real quick. The time of possession, just like the other week, I don't know who we faced, 37 to 22. Like, you know, and then we forced two fumbles. Yeah, I'll give credit to whoever did that. I think uh, one of the times may have been Martinez or Logan Ryan or Jimmy Peppers, but we didn't recover them. They recovered it, so it didn't make much sense there. They had 390 total yards. We had 159. Uh, they had 22 first downs. We had 10. We had three turnovers, two fumbles. Actually, might have been three now that I think about it. But, again, still. Oh, and the kick out, you know, that, um, the kick, the fumble that Deion Lewis had. I mean, everyone was saying after the fact, you know, uh, that they should do replay on it. Honestly, I don't care what the NFL is trying to do. Oh, it's, you know, it is what it is. Really? Because it kind of impacted the game. I'm pretty sure they either scored a touchdown or a field goal on that drive. So don't tell me, oh, it is what it is. Well, you know what? The NFL should be making some stern rule changes. Because if the refs cannot sit there and identify that that was a kick, whether it was on purpose or not, sometimes the pass interference is not on purpose. What happens? Here comes the flag. So I honestly don't get, you know, why we're using replay if we're not using it for certain, you know, situations. And I get it. A lot of people's concern is, you know, I don't want to be replaying every penalty. Okay, then, you know what? Tell the refs not to be blind then. Just doesn't make a lot of sense. In my opinion, we didn't run the ball as much as we should have, and that goes off to another point. Play calling was horrendous. You're going to call a deep ball a third and one. Now, apparently there was audible, but again, whether it's on Jones or Jason Garrett, the play calling is terrible. And, you know, it just goes to show that these conservative short passes, and I even warned myself. I said that Daniel Jones, you know, this is all conservative play calling, especially this week because he's not going to be 100%. But it just continues to show that this whole season, not just the game, this whole season, conservative play calling, nothing's gotten better. I mean, Daniel Jones, you guys will talk about him later because a lot of people are giving up on him from this game. Meanwhile, some people have been sticking with him all season, and apparently this game has been the branch that uh, fell off the tree for them. Doesn't matter. Uh, we did not run the ball as much as we should have as I'm going back to that point. I honestly feel like we should have run the ball more. I think Wayne Gallman was very productive other than maybe like, I don't know, two runs or something like that. Let's take a look at the stats real quick. Uh, Wayne Gallman, 12 carries, 57 yards. And Deion Lewis, 2 for 14. Alfred Morris, 3 for 7. So clearly, in my opinion, they were somewhat getting it done by the stats. I have to watch the film and, you know, watch that stuff. 78 rushing yards, so we broke our streak, in my opinion. Well, not in my opinion, more like a stat. We broke our streak of seven games with 100 rushing yards or more. And this is the 21st run defense. And to put it in all in a bigger perspective, this is one of the worst, or at least, middle pack defenses in the league. They don't have the defensive, you know, complex system we have. We made Vance Joseph look like Patrick Graham. So, please, 
Jesus, Lord. Special teams keeps being horrendous for some reason. Someone better read them. Or else I think someone's going to be gone at the end of the year. And I don't want to think that. Trust me. Um, special teams, first part of the year, excellent. Now, no good. Last three games. First game, give up a kick return touchdown and a big punt return. And next game, block punt. This game, the average starting field position was either the Giants 45 or midfield for the Cardinals. And don't tell me all oh, the Giants are backed up in their own end zone. Bull crap. Bull crap. Even if they were so many times, it is on the special teams to limit those returns. And Dixon, listen, I give him credit a lot. I don't know if I do because I think the Giants are more of a directional kicking team. And they should be. Because you don't punt it to the middle of the field and then he comes back for a good return. I mean, come on. Maybe it's because Cam Brown and Carter Coughlin are starting on the defense. Maybe it's because of that. But still, you need to teach those guys and just get them to tackle and cover returns better. CJ Board, uh, the other defensive backs, Brandon Williams, where are you guys? I mean, every return, it seems like it's going to be a touchdown. Always knocked out of bounds by the kicker. Doesn't make any sense. Special teams coach, can we like fix this up, please? And I'm not just talking Joe Judge, I'm talking Thomas McGahee. Please, come on. Let's, you know, if the defense is doing a good job and the offense is not, can we at least have special teams doing a good job? Please? Jesus Christ. Uh, Jones missed some reads that one play to Lewis. Yeah, I agree, but you know what? One call and one play is not going to surround the whole game. It's not going to impact the whole game. Maybe the Ingram pass from the other game, yes. But at the same time, one read, we don't know what would have happened in that situation. We don't know if Lewis would have dropped it. We don't know if it would have been in a first down, and then maybe the Giants don't execute on another third down. He missed it. That's his fault. I totally blame Daniel Jones for that. But... As I said, we'll get to a lot of that stuff at the end. Here's some points to make. I'm done defending Jason Garrett, and now I went on, entertained a stream, and I said, look, you know what? I'll lay off Jason Garrett. No, not anymore. I'm sorry. He has been one of the reasons that this offense, this whole season, has not been doing anything. We only scored 30 points once. Over 30 points once. And technically, that wasn't because of the offense. Because of a pick six by Kyler Fackrell. Take away seven. Right? That's 27. It was 37-34 in that Cowboy game. We didn't score 30 points. It was turning into Ben Bacadou days. I mean, we've scored more points more times under Shermer. I mean, seriously, this has become a joke. Conservative play calling. You know, you see it on the deep throws. We were like one for four in this game with deep throws. Golden Tate, that set up a touchdown. That's why a lot of people don't see touchdowns on Daniel's stat sheet. Now, I get it. Some of it is his fault. Fine. But the lack of deep balls is one of the reasons why he doesn't have a lot of touchdowns. They set up touchdowns because you look at the Slayton catch, the Tate catch, and the Shepard catch against the Eagles. What did they all set up or most of them set up? touchdowns by the running game and maybe it's Joe Judge saying hey let's run it in with our running backs 
but something needs to change on the stat sheet because eight touchdowns in 12 games, 13 games is not going to do all season for us. And I know I'm not a person that just looks at the stats, but we need to kind of fix that up a little bit. And we'll talk about Jason Garrett at the end because I'm going to pretty much go off and like go into my burst of thoughts. Do the playoffs mean as much to the fans as the players and coaches? I don't think so. Coaches, no. Players, yes. Fans, yes. I don't think that we may make the playoffs this year. And I know a lot of people have thoughts and like predictions. And we don't control our own destiny now. Realistically, this is a game we shouldn't have won. And we didn't. I know I said, oh, the Giants are going to beat the Cardinals. We're going to kill some birds. Well, we didn't. But if you look at my predictions at the beginning of the year, I didn't have us beating the Cardinals. I didn't. I projected us to go from 4-12 and to 6-10, and one of those records. Right now, we're on pace for six wins, unless we upset the Ravens, upset the Browns. So, um, any Giants fan that was saying, oh, we should have beat them from the get-go, I don't think we should have. If you're talking from an unbiased standpoint that is like looking at the realistic of things after a loss, we shouldn't have won. So, um, that's where that is. But I don't think the players and the coaches... Well, I mean, the players are, but at the coaches' standpoint, you're looking for progression in this offensive line. You're looking to fix the mistakes. You're not looking to say, hey, let's make the playoffs and then, you know, get uh, eliminated in the first round and then have problems surround yourself again. I don't think that's what they're looking for. I think they're looking for constant progression from getting momentum, maybe from the Dallas win going to next year and say, hey, with a couple of acquisitions, you know, this team could be better cornerback, wide receiver, linebacker, whatever spot you want to put it in. So how long can the defense carry the offense? It can't be too much longer. I'm telling you that right now. This is one of the games that said, hey, listen, guys, we can't carry you much longer. And it's a fact. 2016 flashbacks, as David Powis said. So many times that this defense has been, you know, standing on its own. And the offense is relying on it. It's been so many games. The Rams game. Going back to the first part of the year. The Bears game. Whether it's turnovers or not, this defense has been working extremely hard. And someone said, well, I wonder if Patrick Graham talks to Jason Garrett. Well, they should. And say, hey... But, you know, fix your offense because our defense is doing our job. Now, that wouldn't happen, but I'm just telling you that it should happen. Or at least in a mythological sense of things, the offense needs to get back to work. And I understand in the one game the offense did something, which was the Cowboys game. Our defense didn't do that well that game. But if you look at the second Eagles game, our defense and our offense worked together. What was it? 27-17, the final score. That is probably... The best Giants win this year, in my opinion. Now, I get the Seahawks game hall was an upset, but the offense didn't do the greatest amount of work. The first half was empty. Second half, even though you had Colt McCoy in the running game, yes, it was good. But where you felt the offense thrive, I thought the Eagles game was the best. That's my opinion. Why don't the Giants take advantage of some of these things? I don't know. It's just a simple thought I put down. I don't know. Because this is a Giants way. So many backups in week three, we got crushed. Not the greatest of defensive players. Drake Kirkpatrick plays well this game. Our leading receiver was like 38 yards. I can't believe that. I really can't. 
That's better than last week when we barely tossed anything with Colt McCoy. But at the same time, did it help us win? No, it did not. Can the Giants bounce back and is the division possible? Giants, in my opinion, could be um, going back to that same state where they were growing, where the things are starting to get fixed for them. The offensive line, because this was a bump in the road for everybody. That this offensive line, you know, starts getting fixed. That the offense slowly starts progressing. If Washington wins enough games, they will go to the playoffs. That's there. We're not making a wild card. Another way, or another process of thinking, is if Washington loses, I think, two out of the next three. They face the Eagles in Week 17. Before that, they face the Panthers. Before that, they face the Seahawks. So, it's a loss next week. Unless, unless, the Giants, they win against the Browns next week, which I don't see happening. Giants may be done. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people still have hopes. That's just the way I'm putting it. It's facts. It's real facts. What do they need to do and improve to get back to where they were? Pretty much everything that they didn't do in this game. The offensive line, sacking the quarterback and putting pressure, running the football, all that stuff we did during that five-game win streak. Excuse me, four. I don't know where I got five from, but that's what we did during that streak. Now, the offense, as I will repeat myself again, the passing game especially, not good. That's something that needs to be fixed, or I think Jason Garrett should go. And I slightly have a sight of, you know, anger in my brain and myself right now because I really can't take, you know, and it, we'll just get to it in the sense of reality because I'm tired of, like, delaying it and, you know, just putting it off the side of and keep saying that. But I'm going to, you'll see what's going to happen in the sense of reality. Now let's go to the analytics side. Will Hernandez is still, or is improving, and his run blocking. Second in run block win rate behind the Ravens' Ben Powers. Andrew Thomas still ranks ninth in run block win rate. Giants are 32nd in pass rush win rate. Giants are 17th in run stop win rate. Giants are 31st in pass block win rate. Obviously, that didn't help this week. And the Giants are 13th in run block win rate. So, let's get to sense of reality. And this is where it gets where I was talking about. Sense of reality. If you want DJ gone, Giants fans, get Jason Garrett out there too. Because a lot of people have seen, oh, you know what, Daniel Jones is not the franchise quarterback. This game, for some reason, determined people's future on the thinking of Daniel Jones. A lot of people were done with him before. If you would have said, you know, the Tampa Bay Bucks game, I said, you know what, I'll disagree with you, but I will, you know, see your, your I will see your point because he turned over the ball twice. Now, Daniel Jones, he was on one leg this game, let's be honest. Doesn't mean, you know, it was right the way he played. Doesn't mean that, you know, Judge or maybe this guy or that guy should have played him. But let's put something on the table. Let's just say the Giants draft a QB next year. It's not happening. Say it happens. Is a QB like Zach Wilson or Trey Lance or Kyle Trask? going to flourish in a Jason Garrett system. 
What's the difference between the Cowboys when he was coaching them and the Giants right now? Now, I'm talking a similarity, I mean. But what are we complaining about now that Dallas was talking about for a couple of years before they got somebody? They were talking about a number one wide receiver. They were talking about a target. Because back in 2018, I think it was, or 2019, no, it was 2018 because that's the year they acquired Amari Cooper a couple months before, I said the Cowboys should draft the target. They didn't draft the target. And that's tough. Because they were talking about, you know, oh, number one wide receiver. Yeah, that's now our problem. I mean, it's been for the last two years. Trust me. I would have liked to chase Claypool. But this is the draft where we need to get one. But going back to the Jason Garrett point, do you really want a new QB in a system with a conservative play calling experiencing rookie mistakes? Some of you need to think. Really. And there's a lot of people out there, especially on YouTube and Twitter, saying, you know, how Daniel Jones is bad and this and that and the other thing. But when they hop back on the train, let's go Giants, they'll call some people out on it and be a hypocrite themselves. But my main point is here, I still believe in Daniel Jones somewhat. Unless he turns the ball over at an expensive rate for the rest of the season, I want myself to see a third year out of him. But for the people who don't want him, and for the people who want a new franchise QB, let me ask you this. And I know you guys are saying, oh, well, we want to win sooner. Okay? Then why are we picking a QB, number one? Number two, would that QB flourish in a Jason Garrett system? No deep balls whatsoever. If anything, like two deep balls per game. Heavily reliant on the run game. Think about that. And talk to other Giants fans about that. Because I'm pretty sure the answer, the logical answer is no, they would not flourish. Because the ideologically way of thinking, and I know I didn't make a lot of sense there. If you get rid of both, why would you? Because why would you want to waste a draft pick and then get rid of the problem? Because let's just say Jason Garrett, Daniel Jones leave. Draft a quarterback, get a good offensive coordinator. Now he now the quarterback's experiencing rookie mistakes, let's say that. You go back and think of it to yourself. Why did we get rid of Daniel Jones if we knew Jason Garrett was the problem all along? Why did we waste the draft pick? I don't know, you tell me. For all the people saying Daniel Jones is the sharp problem of this ball club. His turnover issues and his reading issues are a problem, trust me. Now, he's fumbling less than last year. But if you get rid of Jason Garrett, those problems may go down. And I'm willing to take that risk. Because I'm starting to get to the mindset, I'd rather have him learning his third system in three years, because Baker Mayfield's done that. I'd rather have him learn his third system in three years than in a second year of a system that does not benefit him and the Giants end up picking a quarterback in the 2022 draft. See where I'm going with this? Exactly. Number two, 
The O-line is growing and experienced a bump. This will relate to my fourth sense of reality because a lot of the Giants fans are having a momentary lapse of reason. It's the direct opposite of what the word actually means or the phrase, I should say. That's because when you can't calculate anything, when you can't think straight. I'll actually move that to stop living in the past. Now let's go with the defense. They can't carry the offense much longer. I already said that. And the points to make, they can't. I mean, when the offense is as raw as it is, whether it's O-line, play calling, quarterback, they can't. They can't do that. And now you got a running game? Just at least flourish on the running game or something like that. Get the offense fixed somehow. Now the O-line is growing and experienced to bump relates to stop living in the past. The O-line was doing such a good job. Now Shane Lemieux was having his rookie, you know, rookie bumps, I should say, and he continues to. And that is expected out of a fifth round pick that you're trying to convert into a starter. Because that's what the Giants are trying to do. Kevin Zeitler is not going to be here much longer. I'm going to tell you that right now. Especially if the Giants want to make some super additions this offseason. They're going to have to cut him. And they're going to have to get Shane Lemieux ready and say, hey, you're going to be a starting left guard. You're going to be a starting right guard. So let's think about that, people. But the O-line, they experienced a bump. Andrew Thomas, I was watching Bobby's commentary on the offensive line. He said these are fixable mistakes, that he's actually better in that game than most of the games earlier in the season, like the Eagles game, and that that was just a bump in the road. So other than this game, the offensive line is actually improving, and they just had their bump in the road. Which leads me to my next point. All of you need to stop talking about, oh, well, we should have picked Josh Allen in 2018. Oh, we should have picked Jace Young in 2020. We should not have won the meaningless game. If you guys wanted to go suck off Pat Leonard and his bullshit beat writing clickbait articles, you guys can do that. Because he wrote an article on Chase Young and how the Giants could have gotten him if he hadn't won the meaningless game for your franchise quarterback. So, would you rather have won a meaningless game for a franchise quarterback to know what winning is? Or would you rather tank like the Jets and have a losing mentality and say, hey, let's get an edge rusher? We, we, we don't know. If Chase Young would have fit the system. Because everybody's been, you know, saying, oh, let's get an edge rusher. Let's get an edge rusher. I don't know that would have fit this scheme. I don't know that Patrick Graham would want one. Because it's going so well already. I don't think they emphasize an edge rusher as much as us fans do. But stop living in the past. And I'm going to talk about the Chase Young thing. Primarily. Even though I early went into it. Because all the meme pages, they say, oh, you know, Andrew Thomas. He gave up two sacks against... Uh, Hassan Riddick and this and that and the other thing. Well, that's a growing rookie tackle. Colton Miller gave up 14 sacks in his first year in the NFL. Eric Fisher gave up something like that as well. Fisher is a good left tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs now, if some of you guys don't know. Garrett Bowles, he struggled in his first year. He's playing to a Pro Bowl level in Denver. So, would you rather take that? And people were saying, oh, the Giants would have won sooner if they got Chase Young. No, they wouldn't. Because take away Andrew Thomas and now put in, um, let's see, someone at left tackle, Nate Solder. He opts out. So you got Cam Fleming starting at right tackle opening day, and you got somebody, or you're going to be signing a veteran to start at left tackle opening day. So how much sense would that make? Because your offense would still be poor, if not poor now. Just think about that. Really think. 
And the Josh Allen thing, I wanted him to. Too late. You guys should really look at him for an example. Because he's in his third year, he's flourishing. His first two years, bottom of the league in completion percentage. People wanted him gone in Buffalo. These beat writers like Jordan Ronan and all these guys telling you, you know what, Giants should have selected him. They would have been writing articles by now on how to get rid of him and how to select Joe Burrow. And which QB to take in the 2020 draft. I'm telling you that. Because it's true. I say this to people on Twitter. Well, anyway, thank you guys for watching. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Turn the notifications on. Thank you guys for 70 subscribers. We're going up. We had 69 at one point. Nice. Uh, podcast platforms down below if you're watching on YouTube. Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, CastBox, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter, Epic Blue in the Bronx. I have been working on the Uncut Sports website. I'll let you guys know when to check it out. It's NFL. It's all the sports leagues that you can imagine that are popular out there. So thank you guys, and we'll see you on Friday.